Welcome to Heal by Design, the podcast that takes you on a captivating journey into the world of alternative medicine and the incredible healing power of God. Join your host, Michelle Larson, as she explores the extraordinary, challenges the conventional, and embraces the concept of healing by design. In each episode, we'll dive deep into the fascinating realm of non-traditional medicine, from the latest breakthroughs in stem cell therapy and functional medicine to the ancient practices of acupuncture and natural healing. Our mission is to empower you to take charge of your health. Are you ready to explore, be inspired, and transform your approach to health? Then, without further ado, let's dive into To Heal by Design. Welcome to Heal by Design, where we dive into the fascinating world of alternative medicine and the healing power of God. In this interview format, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. David Kemp, who will bring his expertise and personal experiences to shed light on functional neurology. And before we begin, Dr. Kemp, before I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, I had no idea even what a functional medicine doctor was or that they even existed. So I'd love to dive in. And so you can tell because the things that you do are miraculous and the different types of people you can help are really, it's fascinating to me. But before we start that, can you share a little bit about your journey and how you ended up getting into functional neurology and what your background is? All right. So I'm a chiropractor. My dad was a chiropractor. So I was kind of brought up that nutrition and posture was how you corrected things. And back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that worked pretty good. Uh, my dad used to even quote, uh, people don't adjust like they used to. I wonder why, right? And that has a lot to do with our environment. So the brain just receives and transmits information. So as a chiropractor, you're just stimulating the vestibular system, and then it's changing the brain's integration of gravity and its world around it. Um, it's hard to explain as a chiropractor because you're trained in philosophy. Right? So the 90s was a decaded brain. When we started studying the brain, we learned that brain-based lesions movement disorders, dystonias, which caused subluxations in the spine, which created disease. And if it's brain-based, then you're adjusting the spine and saying you're fixing the spine, you're, then what are you doing to the brain? Right. And if you don't know what you're doing to the brain, then you're probably not as smart as you think you are. Okay. Now, when we get into, so I became a chiropractor and I thought that was going to be easy. My dad was a chiropractor. Right. So I was going to have 30 years experience. Once I got out of college, I was going to have him to follow. So I get out of school. First year of treatment, I start seeing patients and I'd have two patients, one female, same age, same complaint. One I would treat would get better and a visitor to one I would treat and a visitor to would get worse or no improvement at all. And that didn't make any sense, at least not what I was taught in school. Taught in school that this is how you present, this is how you treat, this is how it gets better. If it doesn't get better, you're not doing your job. Right. Well, that was wrong, right? Because every brain is different, right? The brain needs oxygen, fuel, and activation. So what is it you're trying to give to that brain? The adjustment's activation, right? So if that's what they're deficient in, the adjustment's got to work. But if they're deficient in something else, it ain't going to work. So understanding how the brain worked was was one dumbing it down. Uh, 
and having my dad to fall back on to ask questions whenever he said he didn't know. He goes, well, how do I find out? Well, go find out this. So Dr. Uh, Frederick Carrick, who's the father of functional neurology, is who I've been following since 1992. Wow. And, as, and he's always doing research. And uh, so we're constantly changing with the research. So we don't hold on to things that we used to back in the 90s because we've learned it was wrong. So once we learn it's wrong, we tend to move on. So if if it's not working, we try not to force it to work. We try to look for something else. And in medicine, so if you go back to medicine and functional medicine, that's where we're breaking down as a society because society uh, is not getting healthier. Right. We're getting sicker. We're getting fatter. We're getting lazier. We're, no one's cutting the yard anymore. No one's vacuum in their house we got electric vacuum cleaner we got lawn service so we got a bunch of lazy asses and uh, this is creating lack of oxygen they're not breathing their chest isn't moving so they're not getting chest expansion so when they do exercise they hyperventilate pass out uh, people are not eating properly the foods they're eating are full of chemicals now right and uh, what can you do no one's looking out for you the fda's not looking out for you you know, the CDC is not looking out for you. They're just throwing more drugs and chemicals at you. So uh, there's no such thing as drug deficiency. And when you look at that, if you if you just ask a medical doctor that, that destroys their whole foundation. Right. Well, what I found just in my journey, which has been not great until I started looking into alternative medicine, functional mm -hmm. neurology and the like, is that a neurologist looks at you and says, here's your disease and here's our protocol. Right. Whether it's working, whether it's not working, you have X disease, you're going to do steps one, two, three, four, and five, regardless. Yes. And it sounds to me like that's not what you do. You really look and see what is working, what is not. I actually know from personal experience, right. that's not what you do because yeah. uh, we're working together. But I have just been fascinated with stuff I never even thought of to do that has really made a difference. Easy stuff that you can do at home and come back. It's yeah. just fascinating. It's just fascinating. It is. Uh, I deal, I have a lot of neurology buddies that uh, prescribe medicine and it's, you can kind of, you can kind of disarm them with one question. Uh, how many drugs improve brain function? You know, when you ask a neurologist that, they, they kind of don't know how to answer that. Well, what do you mean? Well, we already know that research shows that most drugs shrink the brain. Now, you're a neurologist. Your job is to do no harm. And somebody that comes into your office and you're supposed to help them and you shrink their brain and you call yourself a good doctor, what you did is you just shrunk their perception of reality. So if they were having pain, you just shrunk their brain's perception of their pain. So, yeah, they don't have it. But when they start to get worse... You can't help them at all because you've reduced their brain's ability to inhibit their thalamus. All pains received in the thalamus, your brain inhibits your thalamus. So if you can't inhibit your own pain, then you're going to have to rely on a drug, which is going to destroy your liver, which is then going to destroy your brain again because your liver detoxifies your blood and the toxins can't, they can't be detoxed through the liver. Then they go right into your brain. And then we start seeing all these movement disorders, right? right. From dystonia to Parkinson's to Tourette's to Korea. And all movement disorders come really in the basal ganglia, all these different, some, uh, some deal with the dopamine, some deal with the acetylcholine, but primarily 
these drugs that the doctors give you are kind of playing with all those neurotransmitters and your brain produces your own neurotransmitters. So when you, um, if you understand neuroplasticity, the more you do something to the brain, the, the more it adapts to it through our reticular activating systems and in, in our deep brainstem. And if you can't adapt, it's usually because your brain's injured. Right. And a lot of these kids are injured at birth. Birth traumas, they come out sunny side up, forceps deliveries, C-section deliveries. So they'll have these injuries to their neck and then they get a dystonia in their neck and they can't drain infection out of their head from day one. Or they can't breathe because they were a breech birth and they came out backwards and you popped a ligament in their neck and now they don't know how to breathe. So these are reflexes and the doctors aren't addressing the reflexes. They're just drugging them and doping them up. The brain's reflexogenic in nature. So if we can look at these reflexes, functional neurologists are receptor-based. We look at the receptors, we implement treatment. If the receptor gets better, we know we're on the right track. Right. If it doesn't get better, we know we can still be on the right track, but we might not be. So why did it not work? Okay, was it lack of oxygen? Was it lack of fuel? Was it overactivation? Was the nucleus unstable and couldn't handle the activation? Was it not a nuclear lesion? So um, the history gives us all that. Medicine uses blood. They like to use blood work. I don't mind blood work. Disease shows up in blood last. So if you're using blood, you haven't examined your patient because you can see it their eyes, their hair, their nails, and their skin, and their gait. So if you're using blood, you kind of don't know you're lost or that happens to me sometimes. If I can't figure it out, hey, well, let's look in your blood. And you're like, oh, well, here it is. You got freaking worms. There's your parasites. Your pills are high as hell. So now go do a worm cleanse off you. But we don't know if we don't have the whole picture. So with medicine, a lot of their blood works come out normal. And that's because they compare a 100-pound patient to a 700-pound patient. And a 700-pound patient is not normal. And if right. you're going to put all these patients in normal, then your normals are going to get so wide that no one's sick anymore. And that's what I see in medicine. I see anemia and diabetes on all my patients and their doctors. Well, you're normal. That is not normal. Right? Osteoporosis is people with low bone density. If your mucopulsal volume is over 92, you got osteopenia, osteoporosis. Well, in medicine, it can be at 100, which means they're okay with osteoporosis and it's in your damn blood work and they're missing it. Right. So there's a lot that we're missing. And if we could just train doctors a little better or hey, let's tell 700-pound patients that they're fat, they're not normal, get on a diet, lose weight, or get out of my office. Go find yourself a vet, right? Because <laughs> hippopotamuses and elephants are that big. I had a 600-pound patient I could not actually. And she was 19. Oh, my gosh. And she she got upset with me because the MR, no MRI machine could take her in town. Where did I send her? To the zoo. Wow. So the MRI are at the zoo. Yeah. How embarrassing was that? Well, she wasn't embarrassed because she got a boyfriend. Oh, I got a boyfriend. Oh, okay. my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, I, I feel sorry for your boyfriend. So we had, once she realized she was that parietal lobe was so non-perception of her weight that it took her to get the MRI at the zoo for her to get on the diet. So after yeah. she got the MRI at the zoo, she lost 80 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So no one ever really brought that up to me, Kemp, until you sent me to the zoo. <laughs> Their perceptions of reality are so far off because none of the other doctors brought it up. That's the first thing they should have brought up. You are obese. You're morally obese. You're three people. <laughs> you know? And we don't talk about it. You know, we can laugh about it, and we should laugh about it. But you can't make fun of anybody anymore. They're offended. Weak brain. If you got a weak brain, I'm going to make a better brain. So you're going to vote better. 
you're going to sleep better. You're going to crap better. Everything you're going to do better, but you're going to probably be mad at the world because everyone has a terrible brain. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. So when I think of functional neurology, I think of things like Parkinson's that are brain injuries. But as you've often said, everything starts in the brain. Mm -hmm. So if someone has MS, if someone has... um, so 50% of my MS cases are Lyme's disease. So is it MS? They all come in with all these MS medications. And I'm like, right. how are the meds helping you? No, not at all. I feel worse on the meds. Well, did you tell your neurologist? Yeah. Well, what did they do? Shut up and take your meds. Wow. Are you a parent or a doctor? Well, you're a terrible parent and a terrible doctor because you misdiagnosed them. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So just because, you know, the spirochete, hey, the spirochetes are there. So then when we treat it and then when we fix it and the MS goes away, then what do the doctors say? Oh, well, I must have misdiagnosed it. Well, well, you say it now, but for two years under my treatment, you told me that I was a quack. Right. But you take them off the MS meds, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you to malpractice and get you sued. And I go, I didn't take her off the meds. She took herself off the meds. Right. Yeah. And now she's alive. Thank you. Well, tell me a little bit about some of your patients. Uh, I know you've worked with autistic kids and had some miraculous recoveries from autism and that sort of thing. So tell me a couple of those and any other examples that you can think of that you want to share. So autism's hard. Okay. I, I would say out of clinical experience that these are uh, G mutations and vaccine injuries. Okay. Okay. Now, if you have an MTHFR gene mutation and you get vaccinated, then you're probably going to get seizures or autism. Okay. Because they can't handle that load, especially the first year of life, because you have no myelin to protect your nervous system. Okay. So um, when they when they inject these kids, the, the gene can't handle it. They can't methylate B vitamins properly, so their brain can't work. So they just get toxic. They can't dump their toxins. They get these cervical dystonias. They can't dump, dump the toxins out of their lymphatic system. So they just stays up in their brain. So what I do is I don't know how toxic they are. So the first thing I do is I, I test them with my primitive reflex test. If they have all the primitive reflexes, I know they're pretty bad. If I can inhibit the primitive reflexes on the first visit, I know I can fix them pretty quick. If I can't, I know it's going to take me longer. So if they have multiple gene mutations and they're on meds and they're eating improperly, it's going to take me a while. But if both parents are still together, which is rare because they tend not to because of the kids struggling it's, relationship. Yeah. But when both parents are still together and they're Christian, they're going to church, they're sticking to it. Those are the ones that they get it. You're like, hey, your kid's got this. He needs oxygen. He needs the exercises. He needs the adjustments for the oxygen. He needs the exercises for the brain. And he needs the nutrition because he's deficient in the supplements. He can't methylate B vitamins. So we got to put him on low doses of methylation B vitamins. If you overmethylate, they go crazy. We got to detox at their pace. Kids' brains are growing versus our brains are degenerating. I can be more aggressive with them. I can screw up and they come back better. And I'm like, man, I screw up on a degenerating brain. I might lose them. So that's more scary. Right. So I tell people that, hey, I can make you worse. What? Yeah. So no, but I can prove it and I can make you better and I can prove it. But if I'm making you worse, I'll tell you, hey, we're going to stop. This isn't working. Why? Why isn't it working? Too much activation, too toxic. Right. Or am I missing something? I'm not perfect. I can miss things all the time, but I tend not to because I tend to look more and more. Right. Okay. Um, with with autism, you got to stick to it. 
if uh, the red blood cell lives 128 days, then it dies, and then your bone marrow produces a new. So that's about four months. So in four months, if you've got oxygen fuel and activation, you should be able to produce a brand new body in four months. So in a kid, you give me four to six months, and I can pretty much fix that kid. If I've got both parents and I've got a good environment, I'm exercising every day, I'm doing the nutrition every day. So each week, mitochondria are going to replicate. In 28 days, I'm going to get LTP, long-term potentiation, because we fired those neurons for a complete month. So now those pathways will be strong enough for me to move on to another pathway so it'll be stabilized for me to build on top of that platform. So when we're looking at a brain, we got to start from the ground up, which with kids, it's the cerebellum and midbrain. That's balance and, you know, tone. So do they have reflexes? How many pediatricians are checking the reflex? Well, this kid has no reflex. What does that mean? It means he has no tone. What does that mean? It means he has no brain. What does that mean? It means stop giving him drugs. Give him exercise. Well, he can't exercise. Well, then do it for him. And that's what we do. We do the exercises for them. Right. You know, multiplayers, right, for the cerebellum, mental task for the brain. It connects in the basal ganglion. Hey, your movement disorder just got better, right? And you knew that yeah. from what we do with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've been doing mine for 25 years. And people, oh, man, you, you look great for your age. You know, what are you, 40? I don't know. Try it. A lot higher, right? So it's it's creepy when you can when you can make yourself young, but, but no one believes it. So that's where it gets kind of biblical. Like you don't have to believe me, right? So no, this is this is fascinating, and I know you're coming out with a book. Is there anything that you can recommend to our listeners that they can do at home? Like, what should they focus on at home? I know you talk a lot about nutrition. We have some nutrition podcasts coming up, but um, is there anything in particular that you would recommend they do? Or one thing that everyone needs to do is breathe. James Nestor has a book called Breathe. It's uh, about 150 pages. It's a, it's a really good book. It's an easy read. You'll be taping your mouth shut by the end of the third chapter. Um, so oxygen is one leg of the stool. So if you think like a functional neurologist, you need oxygen, fuel, and activation. If you have all three, the cell can live forever. Right. Okay? If you have all three, you should never have a diaper. You should never have a cane. Right. And you should live over 100. So what's going on in this world? Right. Oxygen, fuel, like no one's breathing. Right. So like, got to breathe. Right. So everyone's stressed out, looking at computers, reading their phone, but we're not breathing. No one's doing yoga or Tai Chi anymore like they do in China. Okay. <laughs> so um, and that's why their IQs are so much higher than ours now. Right. We're getting dumber. They're getting smarter. Good figure. Right. right. Um, so when it when it comes to, I would say, breathing exercises. Next, I would do nutrition. OK, so uh, Dr. Badeau. I uh, wrote a book in 1994, Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Okay, so I saw him lecture in Arizona back then. And everybody was, this makes no sense, you know. But then when you do it, it makes great sense because we all have antigens in our blood. And there's antigens in food. And if you eat food that you're allergic to, you get inflammation in your body. So we know that just through the zodiac signs that certain foods grow certain times of the year. So nightshades, a lot of wires, all these O positives and A positives allergic to nightshades. So it drives inflammation in their gut. Uh, grain and dairy drive inflammation. Sugar drives inflammation and candida. So I remove grain, dairy, sugar, nightshades, and you'll live forever. Okay. Right? But that's hard to do. So, and it's not fun. Everybody likes to eat pizza. Well, that's grain, dairy, and nightshade. So you got to be creative. So cauliflower pizzas with goat cheese, you know. I, but you got to, uh, you do the best you can. Uh, 
Um, I'm going to cheat too. And if I'm going to cheat, I'm going to cheat good. Probably going to be ice cream. Right. Okay. Right. But I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to get diarrhea. Right. So I make sure I do it when I don't have to work the next day. Okay. If I'm going to cheat and eat pizza, I'm going to get eczema. I know that the, the grain will give me eczema in a couple of days. It'll pop up on my hands. Okay. Wow. That's what happens when you eat a piece of your brother's pizza. Okay. But damn, it was good. Right. So good. Uh, some of them don't get me, right? If I eat pizza in Europe, it doesn't get me. Now, why? I don't go to Europe to eat pizza. It's the grain. It's not genetically modified. Thanks there. Yeah, America. America. So, yeah, so once they genetically modify things, your body attacks. It's called autoimmune. So if you're going to eat something you're allergic to, your body attacks itself. So if you put Roundup inside the DNA of the grain, uh, it's a foreign invader. Your body's going to attack itself. So everyone's allergic to grain in this country, right? So if you're going to eat grain, you're going to get sick. And if you avoid it, you're going to get skinny and you're going to get smarter. And when you get smarter, I don't know, is that a good thing? Because the dumber you are, it's just a lot easier life to live. You don't care. Right. right. Like, hey, yeah, Biden's great. Is he now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Next topic. You're like, all right, check, please. Speaking of brains, right. all right. So um, when it comes to meds, so back to meds, when we when we look at that medication, they say most, all, all doctors say this in the books they write, and, and I think they do this as a disclaimer not to get shot. Um, it's the greatest discovery in mankind, but like, that ain't the greatest discovery in mankind. It came from petroleum. You So oil was the greatest discovery in mankind? No. This was discovered. Rockefellers found oil, and they realized, hey, man, this creates drugs, too. So the Rockefellers destroyed all the homeopathic colleges in the United States in the early 20s, the 1920s. So now we don't have any homeopaths. We don't have any acupuncture. That's all. Those are all in those stupid countries like China and Japan that live much longer than us. But well, why are we the only country that takes? We consume more drugs than the rest of the world combined because right. Rockefeller brainwashed our stupid ass and all these dumb doctors. They believe the crap that they're spewing. Is there such thing as a drug deficiency doctor? No. Well, then why are you prescribing drugs to my patients? Do you love your patients? Yes. Well, you're a liar. Why? Right. Do you try to kill the people you love? Uh, right. Satan. So, right. so I, when you when you talk to a doctor, I go to church. I've got medical doctors at my church. And all we do is when I start talking, they know they're on the wrong team. So I just ask them a simple question. Hey, uh, what is what is the uh, medical emblem? What is it? Because I yeah. know the chiropractic emblem is like a naked guy with wings. What is your emblem? Oh, it's a staff with two serpents sliding up the staff. Well, that's creepy. Have you read <laughs> Genesis? Okay, check, please, next patient. So there's really, you can't defend against it. You know, I respect surgeons. They're really smart, uh, but I know some that I wouldn't let touch me because when I start asking questions, I was like, hold on now, you're a neurologist and you're cutting on people? So right. it's just a little disturbing. Um, I want them to be super smart. I want to be smarter, but I know I'm not. But the smarter you get, uh, the dumber you feel. There's just not enough to learn. Uh, yeah. So I'm sticking well, to neurology, right? Because the more I dive into these other wormholes, it gets creepy. So I can explain this and I can defend it and I can defend it with, with Christianity. And that's hard to do when you can defend things with that, that, and that makes sense. We're in kind of a germ 
invisible spiritual warfare right now. And if you can't see it, you're blind and no one's got a good brain right now. So no one's seeing it. Yeah, it's really scary. Yeah. And speaking of books, you're in the ready to publish a book. Yeah, we did. I did a book with uh, one of my patients, um, Trey Durden. He uh, he had he had a brain injury and was disabled. And we, you know, he, he came in and we uh, we took a little different strategy with him. And it worked. It was a little longer strategy, but it was right for him. And we kind of explain that in this book. He kind of goes through from his first visit to like his last visit and how he felt and how his family felt. He'd ask me questions of how he felt. And I'd answer through functional neurology what made sense to me. And some of it's brilliant. And, you know, some of it's a little scary because I tell too much. I right. tell too much, you know. Right. Um, like it to the neurologist with an endocrinologist, we I kind of bash the endocrinologist pretty hard. But, uh, uh, endocrinology, you need to be smarter, right? If you're going to treat the endocrine system, that's really the brain. The brain controls the endocrine system. So if you're going to put people on drugs, which shrink the brain, and now they get endocrine disorders, by the time you get them to me after 10 years of your care, it takes me two years of detoxing. So these guys are just destroying livers they're all they're doing destroying thyroids and livers and they don't know what they're doing so when you ask them oh pregnant horse pee really that's your therapy okay but we're not going to do that so there's a lot of other things we can do okay so and it's with diet but there's so many synthetic hormones out there in the world that the body's getting confused from detergents to creams to lotions to perfumes so essential oils, get rid of all these freaking chemicals and go look at the Bible. Look at, hey, well, you had tea tree oil, you had frankincense, you had lemongrass, you had cinnamon, you had myrrh. Let's stick with those five right now, right? Lavender. Okay. So if you start looking at certain oils, some kill bacteria, some kill viruses, some kill mold. Hey, you want to kill mold? Use myrrh. You want to kill bacteria or virus? Use frankincense. You want to be a little stronger? Use tea tree oil. You want to kill parasites? Then you know, use lemongrass. So you start looking at, you know, what, what kills and we use that and it doesn't kill the nervous system. So that's uh, great. All these other things hurt us. Okay. Oh. Well, we'll definitely have you back when your book is published and great. I will have all your contact information in the show notes. So people can reach out to you and I strongly recommend coming in to see you. And especially if they have some kind of disorder, which as we're talking about, everyone has one, they may not notice it, but, <laughs> but, uh, it's a it, but we're noticing it right even right though you're not exactly exactly and now even since i've been seeing you i look at people's gate i'm like oh boy they're in trouble yeah go so, fix them yep 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 no it's been great thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate you're it you're welcome god bless thank you for joining us on another enlightening episode of to heal by design we hope you found inspiration and valuable insights to enhance your journey to holistic well-being. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to continue exploring the world of alternative medicine and spirituality, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform. And don't forget to leave us a review and share your thoughts. Your feedback fuels our mission to bring you the best in healing and wellness. Until next time, remember, your health is in your hands and the power to heal is within you. Thank you for being a part of the To Heal by Design family. See you on the next episode.